everyone. Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. With me today is my co-host. Uh, oh, 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 volumes, volumes, volumes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Salcedo. Salcedo. Mark Salcedo. Okay. Senior editor, fucking kids. <laughs> Senior editor and writer at ScreenGeek.net. This is how the entire podcast is going to go. I know, just hear a kid in the background. <laughs> no, no, not that. You're like talking over yourself eight times. Yeah. I'll promise to only do it six times. You know what would be better than that? Hmm. A podcast hosted by two trees. Okay. Okay. Or you want to finish that? You know. Mm-hmm. Or a choir of twenty of 2,000 young fathers. But I was trying to, like, see how I could draw it out. But you ruined it. Whatever. Yeah, because dead, dead air is never a bad thing. It wasn't dead air. You made a face. <laughs> and, I, you know, you're the one who stopped the conversation. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Where's that from? Is that from Barbie? Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, it would totally be from Clueless because you know they had podcasts in nineteen five, ninety five, nineteen five. Yeah, yeah, it was from Barbie. You don't remember it? No, I, I vaguely remember it. It was one of the executives, and he said something really weird. But I don't know why he said that. But it mm. was he delivered it weird too. Oh, okay. Nope, not ringing a bell. That's because you didn't like the movie. It says you. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, also known as, or now known as X, uh, Instagram, or TikTok, at Real Appeal. Too easy and real. I probably should take that Facebook one off. Like, no one really uses Facebook anymore. I mean, people do, but... A lot of people use Facebook. Why are you so adamant about keeping Facebook? Because it's easier to follow pages on there. That's why you go on Twitter. No, it's just a bunch of... I feel like I'm in a cafeteria in Twitter. Uh-huh. There's just a bunch of people talking. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not Twitter. It's X. God, it's so fucking stupid. Like, I feel like on Facebook I can see things without mm. really having to see comments. Mm. On Twitter it's all comments and I hate people. So, like, mm. why? Because it's hip. It's X. X gonna give it to you. Gonna no. give it to you. Gonna I really don't you. like it. <laughs> Um, you can email us at the real appeal to ease in real at gmail.com. Um, if you could please review us on our podcast, you know, on any platform that you listen to us, we would love that. Our segments for the show this week are our recent review of Barbie, our obscene and obscure mannequin. <laughs> Every time you hear mannequin, you start cracking up. Um, Geriatric Cinematic Clueless Came out in 1995 Mannequin Yeah Mannequin Jesus Mannequin <laughs> I I really wanted to do that for the The for geriatric him. But you know Mark was like No We can't do that Because nobody wants to see we are profe- That come back We are professionals here Are we? Yes We We are serious Movie reviewers we only discuss the highest of class cinema, mm-hmm. like 
Tracers. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another what the fuck shit. <laughs> yes. Highest class. Definitely. What's the terpic? Uh, it's a Barbie girl, and we're just in her plastic world. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an innuendo. It doesn't sound like an innuendo. It just sounds like it could be applied to a toy or real reality. That's true. Well, I mean, you can argue that this reality is pretty much plastic. I mean... There's plastic in the ocean and in our bodies. What was that? What, isn't there like a percentage of plastic that's actually in our bodies now? Probably. Like... But I don't know what it is. Like 80%? You can hear all the plastic inside my body as I walk down the I know. street. Or if, or if you're a Kardashian, you're like. Well, then you don't hear the plastic because it's all 100% plastic. Oh. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just regular. So it's like smooth plastic. Like, <laughs> is that what smooth plastic sounds I don't, like? I don't know. I, I do not know. What, the, what is it again? You heard me. <laughs> That's my favorite game. <laughs> Whether you heard me or not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You don't know? You got any interesting, th- interesting things to talk about? Anything interesting? We could talk about dream worlds. Dream worlds? What the fuck is that? We could talk about my dreams. Those are never interesting. Are you sure? Something that we can fit in the confines of 10 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. I've been dreaming about work every single fucking night for like a week. Oh, really? Yes. To the point where my coworker wants to put a sign on the outside of my cube mm-hmm. that says living the dream. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, I had a dream that her and one of the other brokers were randomly exercising in the middle of the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were doing sit-ups randomly. Not push-ups? No. <sighs> Whatever. And uh, that, you know, I know I've told you about it already, but... What? It turned into um, whenever that broker's around, they probably will do it because <laughs> I told them. I feel like <laughs> you know what that I manifest feel like, destiny. <laughs> I feel like that's nothing. That's nothing new. Like for like off, I guess you say office hijinks or something like that. Something that passed the time. You like just do certain competitions or something like that. Like who can make it in the basket? You know, with the trash can or push-ups who can do the most push-ups or something like they that. did that a week or two ago with the push-ups yeah i see um there's also uh a lot of sports talk i think three out of two or three of the days last week out of five mm-hmm. like in a row mm-hmm. it was them talking about who was the best athlete and like based on like who could um who could come from one sport and move over to another because that's a sign of a true athlete or like who's like the best athlete because they were the best in whatever sport that they sounds do. boring yes but it kept going on forever to the mm. point where i was like do you guys actually get any work done mm-hmm. and i said that i mean t- t- it, i mean it was funny to me that's yeah. why i said it but i'm like you guys are doing this again yeah yeah and um so there's that they also bring out Nerf guns and randomly, you know, shoot each other in the head while they're on the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> while they're trying to talk to a client, you get, you know, whacked in the head by a Nerf, a Nerf Cle- bullet. Clearly, I haven't been about that office life long enough 
But granted, any any office job I had was only like what eight months at most. Mm. So yeah, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Sounds entertaining. We should uh, do we should do a separate pod, pod podcast. Nerf and office. Nerf and office. Yeah, or that office life. Nerfus. Nerf. Yeah, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> the nervous podcast. I also had a dream that um the bro you know the brokers that I work with mm-hmm. um and my coworker went to the movies. Okay. And is that don't tell me that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to get into the review. <laughs> what? That's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, we'll get into the reviews. Mm. All right, we're going to do our recent review of Barbie. Hey Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. You guys ever think about dying? The synopsis is, Barbie suffers a crisis that leads her to question her world and her existence. Directed by Greta Gerwig, it's written by Mm. Noah uh, Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. It stars Margot Robbie, Brian Gosling, and America Ferreira. Mm -hmm. Issa Rae is also like, I love that she was in the movie. She plays the president of Barbie. This is awesome. So Kelsey, what did you think of? Greta, Ger- Greta Gerwig's uh, Barbie. Amazing. Oh, you thought it was amazing? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Kelsey and I, we, we saw it separate times. So, and I purpose I purposely didn't ask you, like, what did you think about it? Because I was just like, all right, let me just, let me hold off on that. Because you don't like it. What? You seem like you're like, all right, you like it. So now I'm going to be the bad guy. That's what, how you're coming I'm off gl- right I'm going to be the bad guy. Okay, I'm going to be the bad guy. Because honestly, I fucking loved it. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Great movie. What, what did you like about this movie? Well, um, for one thing, mm. they didn't play that fucking Aqua song. They played it at the end. At the but, end. But it was like a remix. It was like with Nicki Minaj and uh, an artist called, a uh, rap artist called Ice Spice. Yeah, so I actually like that one. Oh, okay. Because they're not annoying. I think mm. it's the voices, partially. The, what's it called? Aqua? Was that the name I of it? I think it's Aqua. Yeah. I really like it's just like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the humor in the movie. Mm-hmm. I like the characters. Mm-hmm. I like which one, Barbie, Bi- Barbie, or Barbie? Which Barbie? Ken or, which or Ken? 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 Allen. I love Allen. <laughs> Allen. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so funny. Here's Ken. 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 Oh, there's Allen. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. So. You know, I definitely wasn't a fan of everything being pink, but I know that they had to do it. Yeah, it's a very Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, it's a very Barbie thing. Yeah. 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 Like I, I, I'm the same way about pink. Like it's to me, pink is like so cringe. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can take some of it, but mm-hmm. a whole same. lot of it, it's just like ooh, this. It's almost like hurting my eyes. Exactly. But within the context of the movie, it like works perfectly well. I'm more of like a peach fan. You know, mm-hmm. like if it's pink with a little bit of like orange in it, yeah, um, that's mine. But mm-hmm. um, I really liked the pacing. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell was in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
I really liked him in the movie. He's like the only thing I did not like. Really? Hmm. He wasn't my favorite, but mm. um, I liked him because I like why they wrote him the way they did. Mm, you okay. know, like I like it feels like there's a reason why he is the way he is in this movie, okay. other than it's Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell. Okay, uh, maybe you can maybe you can explain it to me uh, further on. Okay. Okay. Um, the music. Mm. I like the music a lot. Yeah. Like, I've been hearing Billie Eilish's song already for, like, a week. Where, at what point did she sing? Because I'm, I'm... It's drunk. almost at the end. That really soft, pretty song about... Mm, okay. um, what's the name of the song? It's called, um, What Was I Made For? Okay. Is that the name of the song? Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. And, um, so that song played towards the end, and also they did the, like, montage that I liked. Oh, towards the end? Mm-hmm. I thought the montage was really sweet. I know. I almost wanted to cry. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. gotcha. You know what's funny? Um, I was walking out of the movie theater with Cameron because I took her to see it. Oh, okay. And it's so funny. And I feel like this is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. There were some people who were saying it was sad. Really? And okay. other people who were like, that movie was like so fun and funny mm-hmm. and i'm like it really depends on what kind of person you are i mean there's also the other other group of people that say it's too woke and it's anti-man yeah fuck those people <laughs> Seriously. i'm talking about people who are actually like who actually matter <laughs> yes mm. um so it's funny because she had a different opinion than i did camera mm-hmm what was what was her opinion on it? Oh, first of all, did she like it? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. She what loved her, the movie. Well, so what was her opinion on it? She thought it was really fun and mm-hmm. funny and very like a positive movie. Mm. That's it. I guess. I mean, she she was like, yeah, like more upbeat about it, mm. and I liked the movie too. Mm. But I always find like the underlying messages and stuff. The so I'm like, in the, that's in the what story. I. That's the exact word I use with her too. Because mm. I told her, I'm like, I find it sad. Oh, okay. And she's and but it's a good movie and it's yeah. fun too. But I mean, I really felt like the emotional punches and stuff. Mm, and okay. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like there are people who are really upbeat and they miss the point. Like mm. it goes over their head. Yeah. And then there are other ones who really understand the nuance mm. and. You know, so this is movie is sad to those people, and she's like, "Well, which one am I?" And I told her, "I'm like you're positive. Like you totally didn't get yeah a lot of it. She's o- she's overly positive. Yeah. Mm. So and I'm like, so that makes me the one who thinks it's sad. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. But the movie is mm. not like all sad. There's just like it just it's certain certain aspect of it. It's like sad, but I think. When I think sad, I think of like realistic, kind of sad, like things that actually plague our minds, like about death and where we are in life and how things were growing up and stuff like that. And maybe they didn't amount to what you wanted. To me, that's really, really sad stuff because mm-hmm. some of that stuff hits pretty hard. Yeah. For people. Um, and like the sense of loss or not knowing where you're going. And mm-hmm. you don't, then you lose like sight of who you even are mm-hmm. like it's like really deep stuff um but i do think there's some people who get it and some people who are just like yeah it's a good movie yeah i'm of the mind um hit that chair 
Uh, I'm of the mind that I, I really like the movie. You know, I I thought overall it was great. The acting was great. The directing was the direction was great. I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Greta Gerwig. Um, like Lady Bird, I've seen Lady Bird. I'm not the target audience for that movie. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the um, the lead I found her very annoying. But like I said, I'm not the target audience. Um, I did like her movie Little Women, even though. I'm not the target audience. I thought it was actually a really great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but granted, that's like from like a well-known like novel, right? Uh, and that's not me like dismissing Greta Gerwig's direction or anything like that. Um, so this one, I came in thinking, all right, this is going to be like, like this is going to be a movie that the concept is not what we expected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so watching it, I really dug a lot of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, I, honestly, at first, for like maybe like the first. 10 minutes i was like oh shit i might not like this movie I, well i kind of know why why because it, it's i well i think i know why because it's really like stereotypical like barbie stuff like the the waving and the yeah, positive like, attitude yeah it was like it was like too upbeat for almost me. like stepford wives shit yeah yeah right um, but like after the 10 minutes, I was like, all right, I'm digging it. Especially like Margaret Robbie's performance, especially like Ryan Gosling's performance, right? Which mm-hmm. him, I was like cracking up every time he would like, he, he would do his comedy beats and shit like that. Um, but I did, I didn't like, I didn't come out of that movie like, oh, this is like a very upbeat movie. I did like the American Ferrer character. I like really felt what she was going through, mm-hmm. especially with like her daughter. I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> oh, fuck, I see that. <laughs> like with my own kid. Mm-hmm. Um, there were even times because I, I took Leia, I took Leia with me to go watch it. There were times where like something would happen with the daughter, and I would look straight at Leia, and Leia would be like, "What?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I know somebody who does who acts just like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. My kids are fucking weird. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever gonna go through that with them. Oh, like how how it go with uh, with my daughter, mm-hmm. or like the character in the movie. I feel like you should count yourself lucky, cause I, yeah, it's. I mean, you you've been there. It's a fucking headache. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so direct. <laughs> okay, direction. <laughs> I thought the direction was good. There was a mm. lot going on at a lot of times. Mm. So for them to basically be in and out of one world into another world Mm -hmm. i think less comparable directors would have a hard time keeping it cohesive and making sense to tell you the truth that world that the other world they go into i was like i want to go back i want to go back to barbie world yeah yeah i was just like all right cool when can we go back yeah that's what i was feeling too i was Uh, like yeah i I know that world already let's let's go back to the other fun one mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, yeah, so the direction was really good. Um, what do you think about it? Well, there, there's like a number of like dance numbers, mm-hmm. and you know me, I'm not, I'm not a musical fan. People who listen to this podcast know I'm not a musical fan, but I do enjoy a good dance number, mm-hmm. especially if, it, especially if, like, it's not like the focal point of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So there were like, like for example, there was the opening dance number that like all the Barbies and cans are like having a good time and everything like that. I really, I actually, it looked fun. Like what was going on there. Like mm-hmm. I can picture them being on set and having like a ball, like fucking around and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like how it kind of like just stops when, and this is in the trailer when Barbie's like, you guys are thinking about dying. <laughs> and like <laughs> when she said that line in that situation, I was like, I feel you on that. 
seriously. <laughs> also, she was doing that dance number, and I was like, two very different movies, but she just did a dance number in Babylon. Oh, yeah. I've so, been, <laughs> like the dark side of Barbie and the light side of Barbie. I can see. Yes. And you know what? <laughs> and then the, there's a crying scene in both of oh, them. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. 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 So, okay. Like you said, the dark side, which is Babylon. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. And the light side, which is Barbie. Mm-hmm. And honest opinion, I would, I could be in both. <laughs> no, seriously. And they're both be- lost and trying to find themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Um, <laughs> acting. What did you think about that? The acting was great. I didn't really have any issue with any of it. And if, mm-hmm. if any of it seemed stiff, mm. I don't think that we would have noticed because mm. um, Barbies are weird and stiff. So, But none of them really did feel like that to me anyway. Except for Alan. Except when oh, he Michael got, Sarah? Yeah, except mm. when he got kind of real at one point. Mm. You, thought that, you thought that stood out? I did. I thought I, that that particular part I actually really enjoyed because Alan is like the bunt of is it bunt bunt brunt of, brunt he's the brunt of everybody's jokes or just like he gets like no respect because he's Alan mm-hmm. and the fact that like he does that it's like like into I I guess coming out of the second act mm. I was like yeah give him that moment like give him that moment to shine that like he's he's not he's not like someone to be fucked around with yeah so that that I didn't that part worked for me. Yeah. Um, the only acting, the only person that didn't work with me is like Will Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. and it's because like, it's because like in Barbie, there's like this certain tone going, like this certain like comedic tone that's, I don't want to say it's upbeat, but it's like, kind of obscured, but like still based in reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, despite it being like Barbie Land or whatever, so it's like everybody meshes well with that. Um, like I said, Ryan Gosling, uh, Shimu Liu, uh, Hari Neff, Kate McKenna. Like, everybody had, like, this style of, like, comedy that was working really well. And then here's, like, Will Ferrell, who's like, ah, I need attention! Like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was, like, it it, it just seemed like a, a fucking hiccup to me. You can't that, find any nuance in that? I can find nuance with it, but it was, like... It was just too. I think that's. It. I think it's just too extreme mm. for me. I don't think there was enough of him in the movie for me to be bothered by it. Mm. Um, I I just think that it that those corporate people and you know him included mm. kind of almost live in both worlds, mm, and okay. so he they don't really fit in either world. Yeah, and the fact that the Barbie CEOs are all men. Like, hmm. and I don't know. I just feel like they're, I will, I'll go into it more, but I feel like there's a reason hmm. why they're like that. Okay. Um. So I think that's uh, an interesting point to talk about. Is it now? It is. It is. Were you going to look up that song? The one that Billie Eilish did? Uh-huh. No, you- I just want to make sure you had the, type, the name of it right. That's oh. it. I wasn't gonna play it. Why? It's a beautiful song. Oh, it hurts me every time. So you want to play? You want to no. play because it, it hurts you? <laughs> Honestly, I get that song stuck in my head, and like if I hear it on the radio, mm-hmm. immediately I become sad and I can't get it out of my. Okay, head. so yeah, let's definitely play it right now because <laughs> we want you to be sad. But I love the song though. 
Um, yeah. So, um, you didn't ask me about the writing. I don't need to. Why? Because you're because you asked yourself that question. I'm gonna ask you that question. What do you think about the writing? <sighs> well, I kind of suspected it to be good anyway. Noah Bachman is, is a really great writer. What has he done? Um, let me pull up his his IMDb. Um, sorry, Noah Bachman, Bum Bachman, Bombach, Bombach. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, for, okay, like Marriage marriage Story, that is really fucking good. Oh, I didn't know he wrote that. Yeah. I didn't uh, watch that movie. Obviously, Madagascar 3. Yes. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Great movie. Uh, no, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I don't think I've seen that yet. Oh, that's such a great movie. Squid in the Wells, and that's a great movie. The Life Aquatic with uh, Steve Sissel. Mm-hmm. That's another great movie. So he's so he's a he's a good director. He's a, I haven't uh, seen any of those movies. Well, I mean, just take, just take my word for it. Okay. No, I feel just feel like if you're like, oh, he's really amazing, and I I know those movies. Mm-hmm. I've heard of them, and mm-hmm. people like them. Um, I feel like that you're not doing your job. Well, I mean, if you want a fun-filled story, we definitely can watch Marriage Story. Definitely. Like it will. Cheer I avoided that you. one like the plague. It will cheer you up. One hundred percent. That make me feel better after listening to that Billy Eilish song. <laughs> I know, right? You can either be sad or sadder. <laughs> um. So you said you knew it was going to be good because of him, but what'd you like yeah. about it? Okay. Well, here, here. Okay. So here's the thing. It leans into the obscure factor, mm-hmm. right? Like they could have honestly, him and Greta Gerwig, they could have like wrote a story where, um, it's the creation of barbie or some like barbie's on a whimsical story or whimsical journey or stuff like that right Mm -hmm. but the fact that like they're able to like like they 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 do this thing where like they're in barbie land and then there's like a different world right Mm -hmm. and like when they're in that different world nobody there's nothing to like put a stop to like what's going on and like in a very like i wouldn't say like crude kind of way where they're like why is this person here But, 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 but this makes no sense it's just like they just go with it they're like yeah of course barbie's gonna be here Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, why not? <laughs> let's let's go. You know, like the part where uh, Megan Fur and like her daughter like encounters Barbie. They're just like like the daughter's like, what? There's a woman. There's a woman here who's Barbie. You can oh. call herself Barbie. Megan Fur was like, no, really, it's Barbie. And the daughter's like, this is just really weird. Yeah, and, like that's it, right? <laughs> it doesn't like it doesn't take time to like try to explain like some mind altering like reality explanation or science. It just goes like no, no. Like, it, the movie this movie just goes. Just roll with it mm-hmm. because it's it's the underlying story that we want. It's the characters' interaction and then their arcs. That's what you f- should focus on, not on like the minutia of like the shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think like the writing one that like that base level is like if you got that if you got that strong base level, um, or foundation. There you go. If you got that strong foundation, your script is already like off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like the fact how the script covers the idea of like like there's a lot of conservatives that say like oh this this movie's about like hating men or something it's just a very feminist movie and everything and there's a form of feminism in the movie I mean what's wrong with that you know mm-hmm. um, but the whole idea like this movie is about people uh, like ma- hating men no like Ken is like a, an individual who doesn't really know himself. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really know where his place is. Like he just sees himself as like 
like there's a great part there's not a spoiler but there's a great part of the dialogue where he says he goes barbie and ken like that he's just he's he's alluding to the idea of like he's an afterthought yeah exactly right and it's just like it they 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 cover that in the movie of like this dude trying to find his place in the barbie because they're in barbie land that i'm ken land you know mm-hmm. um or the kingdom or, or the kid <laughs> that's right where he has the Mo, mojo dojo casa or some shit yeah, like mojo that. dojo casa house casa house exactly <laughs> um but yeah it doesn't like it doesn't like beat you over the head with it it's just like no this person is just trying to find himself in in this world he's trying to find this place right and barbie herself she's an individual who's like like because she's she's stereo stereotype or stereotypical barbie mm-hmm. and she's like am i more than just stereotypical barbie and it goes into like well you're not stereotypical you're this you're this type of barbie mm-hmm. you know which i thought was like really sweet and really kind of like it's it's like it's like saying oh what's 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 i can't remember the exact term but it's like when you have when you want something to represent everybody else um a surrogate kind mm. of thing. everybody can like relate to barbie oh okay. you don't you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be a white blonde hair doll or white blonde hair person you could just you yourself have not like not like you but like the royal you um have this sense of like who am i in this world am i more than just this mm-hmm. and this movie like covers that you know the, the writing covers that in a very fun way and not like i said i hit you over the head not necessarily make you really depressed but it makes you think in a way of like where are you and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah exactly so like i know i'm kind of going on a rant and everything like that but that's why i like that's what i think the the thing i like the most is like the writing mm-hmm. and i did not ex- like i said i saw that who was writing i was like okay it's gonna be a good script I didn't expect to love the script. Mm-hmm. And I do. Yes. So, I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting how they play with the whole idea of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get to a point with, with Barbie, with, with the writing, mm-hmm. that her reality is so changed that it's, um, to me, I feel like it's, it's broken and how do you fix it? Mm-hmm. Which is like, Almost like the, um, what's the word? Like when you romanticize something, mm-hmm. but the opposite of it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you become disenchanted with oh, okay. mm. with life in general. Say, I was going to say non-romanticize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you become like disenchanted with like life in general. Mm. Um, and then you're like, that's when all the issues, like all the bad thoughts come in. Yeah. Um, so I really like how they wrote that. You know, I can almost I have this, I have this thought about what this movie has has also something to say, and it might this may sound kind of crazy, but I feel like it might have something to say on like bipolarism as well. Mm-hmm. Because like that's funny you said that because I was what? thinking of Babylon. Oh really? Okay. Yes. Um, like how Barbie is like on the high and stuff like that, but like the come down is like harsh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like finding a way to like balance that mm-hmm. so you won't be too high and too low and shit like that. But also like the the crying and then the upbeat, like mm-hmm. nothing happened, and yeah, then the yeah. crying again, like yeah, yeah. All they need to do is all they need to do is just be on lithium. That's it. Balance <laughs> itself out. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, you want to hop into the spoiler, spoiler section? Mm-hmm. 
All right, so yeah, we're going to get into the spoiler section. We're going to talk uh, at great lengths about Greta Gerwig's Barbie. So if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. What's up? Um, the sky. Okay. So the the corporation guys. Mm-hmm. Um. What's what's the what's your what's your take on why Will Ferrell was acting that way? It's a complete parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it, it's a mockery mm-hmm. of male CEOs. Okay. Especially because it's Barbie. Where okay. women could be anything and could do anything, mm. so you get these these men who are are the the head of Mattel, mm-hmm. and they aren't really in reality mm-hmm. because CEOs are pretty much never in reality. Okay, um, but they're also not really part of Barbie, Barbie mm. Land. Okay, and so you get like this kind of wacko like parody of what a ceo is mm-hmm. and how they don't understand what women are no, so that part no that part i got like i i understood that um i really i think they're supposed to stand out in a way yeah 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 um okay so i got i got that like how it, it's it's a comment yeah it's a, it, like there's that part where um, where Barbie's like, oh, I need to speak to the CEO, and Wilford's like, that's me. Okay, CFO, and the guy's like, that's me. Okay, C C O O, that's me. You know, like, and they're all guys. Like that part, I totally got how. You oh, know, he's like, yeah, a woman created the company. We had one female CEO in 1994, and some other time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like that part, I got. Uh, it was just like Will Ferrell himself was like, was so. Uh, annoying mm-hmm. to me but literally about like 40 seconds ago i got what they were doing oh really yeah all right i mean i could be wrong but just hear me out okay okay when they went in the movie in barbie land where they were showing women of power like the president barbie played by Issa ray um or alexander ship uh, sorry, alexandra ship who played like the Nobel prize winning barbie mm-hmm. okay um even Sharon Rooney, who played, uh, she played like lawyer Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are like women of power. These are like there's that part where there's a part where lawyer Barbie's like making her argument and says like just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I'm irrational. Doesn't mean I can't I have I have no control over my feelings. I'm just stating my claim. Blah blah blah. blah right. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that thinking, the way how Will Ferrell's character is is that he's a guy. And he's the irrational one, mm-hmm. you know. As men, we're supposed to see like seem like, especially men of power, supposed to seem like calm and cool. Like we know our demeanors like low and everything like that, like business like. And here's a CEO who's really just like, ah, like all that kind Unable of stuff. Unable to handle his emotions. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so, I guess because because I, I keep thinking about like when they show him in the office. It is that's the thing. It was like. It was just making it to me. It was making it seem like it was like uneven mm-hmm. with like the comedy. But now, like now, I really think about it. I'm like, okay, 
that actually is the point. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, that's the point. And also, um, even though he's unable to handle his own emotions and mm-hmm. he's all over the place, mm-hmm. um, I had a point and I can't remember. Well, because you're a woman, you're irrational, you <laughs> can't complete your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I myself should tell you what to do. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, and it's understandable why we couldn't talk about it, because it would be a spoilerific thing. Um, the comedy. Anything that you thought was particularly funny? I'm very surprised that Mattel let a lot of the things be said in this movie that were said. Like Some of the jokes were, like, kind of off-color. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, especially Will Ferrell was, like, he said something about... Um, different people but all the, then he goes and i had one friend who was jewish <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah yeah i think i remember that yeah, yeah um or like she brings up the idea like she's like i don't have a vagina like mm-hmm. like that's definitely not something little kids should hear yeah. i mean that's the whole point of them not having vaginas yeah. like <laughs> or, just, or just like the simple thing is like uh i'm gonna beat you off i'm gonna beat you off so hard mm-hmm. like that is a very like i mean just take this Replace the C-H and put B, you get, I mean, sorry, T, you get beat off. I mean, it even sounds like beat off. Um, yeah, it which sounds kid, like beat you off. Yeah, so, like, kids would be like, Daddy, what's, <laughs> no, well, more like, Mommy, what's, what's beat him off? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, some of the jokes were, were crude, like the whole vagina joke. Matter of fact, even, like, the end part of the movie was, I wouldn't say it was a crude joke, but it's something that you wouldn't expect to see in a type of kids movie, mm-hmm. where, like, they take Barbie to a gynecologist. Oh yeah, like that was like the big thing. Yeah, like they made it seem like it was gonna be like a a job interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So yeah, you're right about like some of the some of the jokes is off is off color. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm sure Mattel was like, all right, roll like we can roll with this. Yeah, they they probably were like, yeah, this is fun, whatever. Mm. They're probably like, yeah, we'll sell more Barbies. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) There, I I, like I said, I had mentioned in the non spoiler section. Brian Goslin, like hitting his, uh, hitting the right comedy beats and everything like that. There was one part I was fucking dying, and it was um, where Barbie has to like distract him, or like they, there's this plan they're going to enact to like get the kids to like fight each other. Mm-hmm. And Brian Goslin's kin is like, here, let me let me grab this guitar and play at you. Mm-hmm. So that was making me laugh. And then he was singing that song "Push" mm-hmm. by Matchbox Twenty. And like I like that song. <laughs> I like the nuance in the movie. Like, yeah, of course, douchebags and dickbags would like sing this fucking song. Mm-hmm. Who's like, I'm a man, you know, patri- what's called patriarchy and shit like that. Yeah. Um, and they were singing. There were all the skins were singing around the beach. There was one in particular I was really fucking laughing, and it was um, Kinsley Ben Ken- Kingsley Ben Adair, uh, his can, like. It was all these kids like singing on, and they're playing the guitar. He was the one who's playing the drums. Oh yeah! And I was, <laughs> and I was like, damn, they covered it all. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny that um, that Ryan Gosling's Ken uh, kept handing him stuff. Like, here, hold this. Hold uh, my ice cream. Hold my whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I is thought- that the? Is he the? He's not the guy. Hmm. Who was in um, Dungeons and Dragons? No, 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 no. You mean your boo? Yeah, no. No, that's not him. No, no. He was the one who played. Um, he played Malcolm at Malcolm X in One Night in Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. his role. Um, 
Oh, I serious brain fart right now. I know. That's my problem today. Oh, another another joke that had me dying is when uh where once again it was Kingsley Benadir, where like um they were watching it was him and Lawyer Barbie mm-hmm. and they were watching The Godfather and he was like, Oh my god, the Godfather's like the greatest movie ever. And she goes, Really? Will you explain that to me? And talk to me throughout the whole movie? And that is a very guy thing to do with the Godfather. There's like there's been like whole discourse about like how Godfather is like it feeds into like uh, Italian stereotypes and there are other people who are especially guys who are like no this is a description of masculinity and manhood and blah 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 mm-hmm. and the fact they threw that in there had me laughing my ass off that is hilarious yeah I also oh the car the oh, Barbie car? car it doesn't really drive like there's no engine, oh, there's no engine but it, it, like, yeah. it goes so slow I like every time they they had to leave the world mm. and go into the other world mm. or come back mm. you sh- you see them in like the oh, whole it's like it's like a 2d flat shot and everything uh-huh. and all these like obstacles and like things and that- the, the costume changes mm-hmm. and everything i thought that was actually uh i actually thought that was pretty cool um also looks very familiar you know like from bo is afraid yeah you know because women steal from men oh my god yeah <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, Ari, Ari Aster capitalized on that. That's his. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, but yeah, that whole when like they're traveling to the real world and back to Barbie world. Uh, was it uh, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, and American Fur? I can't remember the daughter's name. Um, that was pretty funny. And then when they had Will Ferrell and his corporate guys, mm-hmm. um, that was also pretty funny. Like that, like that whole thing was just it worked well. They were like they there's three times they use that gag and it didn't like. It, it wasn't, like, overused or anything. It was, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What did you think about um, the woman who made Barbie? Ruth? Mm-hmm. I thought it was sweet. Um, well, okay. Actually, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll actually bring up two things. One is um, the woman who Barbie encounters on the bus stop. Mm-hmm. I forgot what her name is, but she's like a uh, she's a costume designer, right? She's been doing costumes since like the sixties, mm-hmm. right? Um, I remember there was uh, the uh, who who produced WB. There we go. WB wanted Greta Gerwig to take that scene out because there was just like there's no point to it and everything. And she was like, no, there's an exact point. Like she stood her ground. Mm-hmm. It was like there is a reason this scene is in this movie, right? And mm-hmm. she she had said that. If they take it out, I don't know what I'm doing with this movie then. Mm-hmm. Like, metaphorically speaking. Not like, I don't know, but like, what the fuck's the point of this movie then? Yeah. So I thought that scene was very sweet. Especially the part where Barbie was like, oh, you're you're beautiful. And she's like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Like, not in a smart, smarmy way or anything, but like, yeah, duh. And to me, that was that was very sweet because that was a comment of like comment on like, no matter what age you are, if you feel beautiful, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. No matter what you look like. Even like, if you don't feel beautiful, you're beautiful. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, who the fuck's, who the fuck, you know, gets to decide that, that a person is beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's echoing, but if you feel it, then fuck it, you are, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was really sweet. Um, but that part where uh, Barbara was talking to Ruth, I thought that was another very sweet scene because she's just like, are you talking about like when they're in the kitchen or like after, like into the third act? Um, after. Into the third act? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very heartfelt moment because she was like, she, one, there was like two realistic things that happened, right? Where she was like, 
you think Barbie's based off of me? No. You know, I had a double mastectomy, you know. I got audited by the IRS. Like, you know, she was being, like, real with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, how how uh, Rhea, Perlman, uh, Rhea Perlman's character was, like, the point of Barbie is to show that women can do this. They are capable, you know. It's, like, a very feminist thought mm-hmm. on, on Barbie, right? Which I think that's something a lot of people, like, just miss, it, mm. I'm, I'm talking about just with this movie. I'm talking about this Barbie in general. Because they, they see a doll. Mm-hmm. Play with a doll. Look pretty. Look pretty like the doll. You know? It's just like, no, there's more There's more to that. Um, Ruth, I can't remember her last name. She's she's saying this is what Barbie it meant to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I don't know. Like I said, I thought, it was, I, thought it was, I thought it was a great, like, this is the point I'm trying to make. Kind yeah. Kind of thing. Got you. I like the idea that this movie plays with the fact that Barbie doesn't always hit its mark. Mm, yeah. She's so, not always perfect. Right. Like, um, not that she's not always perfect, but mm. just what you said, right? That, um, you know, all women are beautiful and, and Barbie was there to help make girls believe they could do anything. Mm-hmm. But when Barbie in this movie went to the real world she realized that barbie didn't change the world like she thought yeah and so it's definitely like um it it's an, a double-edged sword it could cut both ways where yeah. yeah barbie could say that but also barbie shows people that you know they she also causes body image issues and, yeah yeah um also like you have to be beautiful to have those jobs or um to do anything really which is I'm kind of glad that they had like, um, uh, Hari Neff and Sharon Rooney. Oh yeah, in there too because you know it's like you don't have to. Yeah, they wouldn't be considered. They don't be. They wouldn't be considered as a standard or like stereotypical Barbie. They're like a realistic. This is what women. These are what women look like, you know, in Barbie. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, I really liked uh, uh, Harry Neff's uh, Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was fucking hilarious. Like the whole like flat feet, blah. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, what do you think about? Uh, I know you love her so much. Isa Rae. No, Amy Schumer. Oh, that she was supposed to. <sighs> I'm not a. F- there's only one thing of Amy Schumer that I saw that I liked. It was Trainwreck that had Bill Hader in it. But mm-hmm. that was like, what, like 10 years ago or something like that. I was okay with that movie. I didn't find it that funny. I thought John Cena was the best thing in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad. I don't I don't know what her script would have looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like supposed to star in the movie and everything. Whatever it was, I'm glad, she, I'm glad it didn't happen. Because this, I don't, like... I mean, I can't say the movie. I'm not, I can't say that movie would have been better or worse. But what we got with this one, totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. Thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. So I'm not a. Yeah, I, I would just rather prefer watching this one than what Amy Schumer would have. had. I'm not a fan of her comedy either. No, I honestly, her and Rebel Wilson to me are almost the same person. I can see that. Yeah. Like I, they're both loud and obnoxious, and I don't like them. Yeah. Um. There, you know, the movie does something interesting too, where um, you almost feel bad for the Kens mm-hmm. because 
they're misunderstood or they're like they're kind of treated like arm candy to the women to mm. the barbies in this movie mm. so you almost feel bad for them mm. and um but it does a great job at the end where barbie is like no like i don't where i don't want to date you mm. like you're a good friend and he's yeah. like why do i have to be a friend yeah um and i think she handled it well and, and they kind of addressed it a little bit too um but i i like the fact that they didn't just write her as like oh yeah um you know me and ken are dating yeah we're gonna be together and stereotypical happiness and shit like that mm-hmm. uh okay so one thing i definitely want to bring up is the mattel universe that is going to be built off of this mm-hmm. so i found this article from variety all right title uh mattel's mattel execs on next hollywood moves um Barbie, Polly Pocket, and Barbie sequels. This is written by Elizabeth Wagmeister. Uh, The article goes, Now with the immense success of Barbie, the path is clear for Mattel to make whatever they want. And they already have a ton of projects in the works with A-list partners attached. I'm reading bits and pieces of of this article. Um, With dozens of children's toys on their film slate, 14 Mattel properties are in active development, including Barbie, Polly Pocket, Thomas and Friends, and American Girl. Of course, the door is also wide open for Barbie sequels. Director Greta Gerwig has said that she's not thinking about a follow-up at the, at this time, saying, at this moment, it's all I've got. Which I, to me, cool. Like, if it, like... It seems like she gave it everything that she had. Yeah. And she's... I mean, not to say that it won't happen later, but she was probably just like, okay, got that one done, and let me like set, like sit with that for a while. Yeah. Uh, speaking to Variety about their IPA strategy just days before Barbie was released, Mattel executives were hopeful to open up an entire Barbie world of sequels. So before, before I break down this list, I think Mattel are going to take everything from this movie and learn the wrong reasons why they should make more of these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie is not... This movie is not something that is a stereotypical, like, toy movie. It's not cookie cutter. It's not copy paste. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like... I feel like Mattel's going to be like, oh, we're going to take the brand and that's what's going to take people... That's going to make people come to see the movie. Mm-hmm. That's a factor, but with that's a factor within Barbie, but it's also what made the, it's also the story which made the movie successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just take a toy and be like, "All right, they're gonna come and see this," because that's not gonna that's not gonna work all the time. Yeah. So they plan on making a. I already know this was an in produce uh, in production a Barney movie produced by Daniel Kaluuya. What do you think about a Barbie a Barney movie? <laughs> Is that really Mattel? Mm-hmm. No. I, you know what? If they if they did it, like, mm-hmm. with a level of humor and sarcasm, mm-hmm. like you get from this Barbie movie, mm-hmm. yes. Like, if it's, like, almost like a satire, mm-hmm. sure. The iconic purple dinosaur will inspire a live-action film that Mattel has pre- previously described as an A24 type of surrealistic movie. Exactly. I would love to fucking see that. All right. That sounds pretty strange, but all right. Let me let me just see what happens with that one. Okay. Uh, Polly Pocket, produced by MGM. Oh, yeah. It's a MGM uh, studio that's going to produce it. Um, 
written and directed by Lena Dunham. Dunham. Not not a fan of her. Uh, the Emily in Paris star will star will star as the Micro Dawn family in a family comedy written and directed by Girls Creator. Um, they says so. It seems like the script. There is a script. Uh, they just describe it as a great script. <laughs> oh, they should bring um, if they do a Barney. Mm-hmm. They should bring Selena Gomez and uh, Demi Lovato back. Oh, because they were on that show. Mm-hmm. I did not watch Bar- Barney was way after my time. Well, I didn't know that till I was an adult. I was like, oh yeah, I always had a crush on Selena Gomez. <laughs> and then when she got older, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I have a crush on Selena Gomez. Oh, my God. But I don't anymore. So there's Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warner Bros. is going to produce it along with J.J. Abrams. Uh, the top-selling toy in the world will be thought will be brought to life in a film that features cars, monster trucks, and motorcycles. I could have swore I saw something. Oh, okay. So there's that one. That makes sense. But like, we already have a Hot Wheels movie. It's called Fast and Furious. Okay. Um, are you looking forward to that one? Fast and the Furious? No, Hot, Hot Wheels the movie. <laughs> Depends because as long as they like have those crazy those like loop track things. sets and mm. all that, yeah. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yes. Uh, Universal starring Vin Diesel. I don't know about that one. Um, if A twenty four did that one, yes, but I don't know if anyone else could do that movie. Uh, it's written by Ryan Engel. Uh, Fast Furious Star will lead a feature base on Mattel's uh, tabletop game of battling robots. Uh, Vin is excited. We're working on developing a script and we're all very excited about it. This is Brenner. I'm trying to see who is Brenner Cat. Uh, oh, Robbie Brenner, the Oscar nominated producer who runs Mattel Films and produce and produce Barbie. So, Robbie Brenner. Okay. Um, American Girl. Oh, no, I don't. I'm not interested in at all, ever. Let me see. Base, okay, a family comedy is in development based on the world of dolls. Con, con, content and experiences that Mattel says helps girls grow the confidence and develop character. That was, that was kind of the Barbie movie. American Girl, mm-hmm. to me, they're like middle America bullshit dolls. Mm, okay. Where they're like, yeah, like these dolls, they're good girls. And, you know, they have nice hair and nice clothes. Like, they just, to me, are... Ugh. <laughs> um, Magic 8-Ball. Okay. PG Thriller. Mm-hmm. I can see that. <sighs> That's so stupid. Masters of the, of the Universe. They've been trying to make this movie for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the Dolph Lundgren one. That's the top pinnacle of Masters of the Universe. mm mm-hmm. um, But they've been trying... The studio's been trying to make this movie for, like years now yeah uh i've never heard of this major matt matt's mason never heard of this toy it stars tom hanks uh hanks will star as the mattel astronaut action figure from the 1960s who lives and works on the moon who is this movie for uh my grandpa <laughs> uno <laughs> <laughs> No way. Yeah, Uno. Um, the top performing card game in the world will now become a movie. That's all it says. Mar- written written by Marcy Marcy Kelly. Um, 
Let me see who Marcy Kelly is. I, I let me see who they are. All right, Marcy Kelly. Who? Why do you always do this to me, laptop? You always do this to me. <laughs> Can you look up and see who Marcy Kelly is? My my internet, my laptop wants to go. Fuck you, Mark. How do you spell Marcy with a Y? Uh, yeah, M A R C Y, and then Kelly K E L L Y. Marcy Kelly, actress. Life is short. Um, she played that in 2006. Change your life. 2010. Hipster Holocaust. Um. Religiously incorrect. Um, she doesn't have a lot of credits. That's it. Her last uh, acting credit was 2012 with Hipster Holocaust. It's a short. Uh, Mattel must believe something in her. Uh, Alright, let's keep going. Uh, Wishbone. Uh, yes! Universal. I'm so uh, into Wishbone. Produced by Peter Fairley. Ugh. Uh, the liter, the literally, literally, literary, literary Jackson Russell Terrier, who became famous on PBS in the '90s, will now star in its own family-friendly adventure comedy produced by the Dumb and Dumber filmmaker. I have no idea what. Remind me what Wishbone is. It sounds familiar. It's a little dog, Jack Russell Terrier. Okay. He's like the little white dog with the brown spots, like okay. part of his face, and. He um, he was part of this family, and he would go on adventures with the boy in the family. So they saw, like, Joan of Arc and, like, different historical places that they would go. And it was, like, the dog could talk, you know, like. I did not watch this at all growing up. I love that show. Okay. Uh, Matchbox. Matchbox. Yeah. That sounds like it'd be more like um, Hot Wheels. Oh, they, yeah. Matchbox. Okay. Match, Matchbox are like the cheap version of Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm. So, another, so they own both? They own both. They used to be in competition. And I think they have, a, you know, the history of, you know, like that show that I like on the History Channel. Damn. Which history show? You watch a lot of them. The one where they, they talk about food, like the food that oh, built America or yeah, the toys okay. that made America. Oh, like okay. they have they have one about toys and they do go over that. Gotcha. Uh, Thomas and Friends. Uh, Thomas the Train or whatever. Wait. Here's the director, Mark Foster. Mark Forster, who directed War War Z, the mm-hmm. zombie film, Monsters Ball that talks about racism. <laughs> Kind of curious by this now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Viewmaster. Is that the toy? The Viewmaster. The thing you put on your face and you like click it. It gives you like that that will card. Mm-hmm. That long before VR, there was the picture viewer that was invented in 1939. Now an adventure film will be based on the classic toy. Okay. All right. On to the next. Christmas balloon. The fuck is that? Uh, let's let's look to see what Christmas balloon is. Christmas balloon. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> this can't be right. <laughs> what is what in the fuck? Let me hold up. I gotta read this. Okay, writer is Gabriel uh, Rivela Lugo, Lugo, produced by Chris Limits. 
but not based on a toy, but based on a true story of when Mattel donated toys to help make a young girl's dream come true after she tied her Christmas list to a balloon that was found by a grieving couple who worked with the toy company to fulfill the girl's wishes. <sighs> no. What in the fuck? No. They don't have to. Mattel doesn't have to make everything like into a movie. Like, like, like you'd. I don't know what what toys are theirs or not, but it's like you might as well make one about Etch a Sketch. <laughs> about um. I remember there was there had been a Monopoly movie. Like, well, that one kind of makes sense. Put in production for like with Ridley Scott as, as the director. Or Life. Oh, the Game of Life. Yeah. Yeah, this is called Life <laughs> in general. <laughs> it's, it's filled with sadness. <laughs> You know, that's basically Barbie in the real world. Hmm. Um, all right, we've been going at it for a while. So uh, should people check this movie out? Check out Barbie, not not all of these other... Yes, super- check out Barbie. Okay. Uh, yeah, I fully agree. It's a great film. Go check it out. All right, so what do we got next? Next, we're going to do our Obscene and Obscure. obscure film we have talked about it about not the movie itself but the fact that we're going to do it came out in the best year ever 1987 totally disagree it's called Mannequin (laughs) so yeah every time I bring up the word mannequin Mm -hmm. every time I was like we should do this I don't know what it is. You just start giggling. Because the movie, the concept, it's like, what in the fuck? That's why I love it. It's like, it's, it's, it's a dude who's obsessed with a mannequin that he created, which is like, they, okay. <laughs> he created <laughs> that comes to life, but only he can see it. One, they don't go over why he, he's the only one who can see it or... Why did she come to life? Like, the first five minutes is like, oh, this is Egyptian time. She was supposed to be married to, like, a this, dung. This white woman in Egypt. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Kim Cattrall. Um, oh, my God. I have the IMDb page right, up right now, and they're showing the trailer. It looks... It's just, it doesn't help. It just makes... <laughs> it, it, <laughs> um, I like this movie. I know you like it. Because it's stupid. <laughs> and fun. <sighs> All right. Honestly, the movie is kind of charming. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's also, look. I don't ever want to remake because I know they're not going to capture the same fucking charm of no. it. No, like they have to to capture to capture the same same charm. If if there was going to be a remake to capture the same charm as the nineteen eighty seven mannequin, mm. the writer would have to do. A mountain of cocaine and not sleep for like three days. Listen, if they do make a movie mm-hmm. called Mannequin and it's based off the same kind of premise, mm-hmm. I think it should be a psychological thriller and I think Ari Aster, Ari Aster should do it. I would be down for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so down for it. <laughs> 
there is a somewhat similar movie. It's called Lars and the Real Girl, starring Ryan Gosling. Oh, jeez. Where he plays like a guy who who buys a sex uh, a sex doll, mm-hmm. but like treats her like an actual person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually it's actually kind of a sweet movie. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So this is. <sighs> I don't even know how to approach this movie. You're like, movie. I don't even know. I don't even know how to approach this movie. Um, well, we'll start. You already said, you know, Kim Cattrall, she's, the movie opens, basically. She is, like, a princess or something. Mm. Or, like... She's not even a princess. She's just, like, a she's just like a common girl. Well, she's got a... She's said no to so many suitors. Mm-hmm. And this last one, the only one left, is a dung dealer. Mm. And... A dung dealer. The f- <laughs> and um, while she's in the midst of this conversation with her mother, some magical thing happens and mm-hmm. she disappears. Yeah. Like the gods took her. Yeah, they don't explain why. Mm-hmm. Like, why was she so special? Why was this white woman in Egyptian time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know... <laughs> God, this movie's so fucking stupid. Every time I think of this movie, I'm like, what in the fuck, man? That's why every time you're snickering about it. Okay, yeah. So, uh, Andrew Andrew McCarthy's in this movie. Um, he's an artist. Uh, he, was it, he's a sculptor, right? He's an inspiring sculptor mm-hmm. who can't seem to keep like a nine-to-five job. Yeah, Okay. because he's not good at anything else. Yeah, or like every part of his job, he like... Every part of his job, he's... Um, Clumsy. No, no, no. I would say he's clumsy. He's just he's too focused on one. Th- like he he keeps getting these jobs that are like fast paced job, like a pizza joint or like um, a groom. Uh, what's it called like a hedge groomer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and he's too artistic. He's too artistic, you know. Which I I feel like this movie is commenting on on the the being an artist and how that can be so troublesome in your life. I think it's kind of like you're not wrong for wanting to smell the roses. Mm-hmm. So like I don't, you're, I think you're seeing it from the viewpoint of, um, you know, artists are troublemakers, or they're no, no, I'm not saying it like that. It sounded that way when you no, said that. No, 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 no. I know. I think I think it's the way how I delivered it. No, no, no. Like the struggles of being an artist. Like you're until you find your your home you have to go through all these trials and tribulations until you find somewhere that you're you can express yourself in mm. this case it's a win- window displayer <laughs> <laughs> a window dresser a window dresser there you go a window i can dress windows just put a blank over it boom it's a dress <laughs> people dress in blankets oh i mean it depends on the romans did i say blankets no those are like tourniquets right or something like that Togas. Togas. A tourniquet toga. Do you know what a tourniquet I is? I do know what a tourniquet, tourniquet is. I'll stop it. I'll be. I'll shut up. Um, I think it's a, like what you said is true, mm-hmm. but I think that it comes across a little bit more sweet to me where he's like very blindly just going through life being himself. Mm-hmm. Which most people aspire to, but he seems to be able to do that effortless, effortlessly, mm-hmm. um, even though it does cause trouble for other people. Mm-hmm. He's still himself, and he doesn't know how else to be, except when he's you know, fucking around with a mannequin, which is fucking weird. Oh, oh, it's weird, huh? It's weird, but I love it because it's weird. 
Okay. I mean, you can say that about the Jonathan character, but you can also say that about the Hollywood character. That's a sad character. Okay, so why do you think it's a sad character? Because they shouldn't have written that. The him, him being that gay? No, about him being a gay black guy who's just there for entertainment value. Yeah, they. I'm not. So I'm not gonna lie. This does kind of have the stereotype, the stereotypical trope of like the gay black friend or something like that, the comedy relief and stuff like that. Even though, even though he does it, it's and he's played by uh, Michelle Taylor. Even though he doesn't, they don't like really poke fun. Oh, I'm sorry. There's one time they kind of like poke like. No, it's a, I won't even say fun. They make a, someone makes a homo jo- homophobic joke mm-hmm. towards the character uh, by like calling him like a fairy and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, but like I, f- like the uh, Mesha Taylor, that was his thing. Like there's a show. Oh, I can't remember the name of the show. Um, there's a show where he that that was his thing, his character. Um, designing women. There you go. And designing women, that was like his thing. Now he's like he's an actual actor. He's like done. He's like he was in Damien the Omen too. He was in uh, Class Act and stuff like that. He had serious roles and stuff like that. But at the time, like that was like his shtick. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna give him like too much, give him too much gripe for that because that's who he was. Was like, he actually like that in real life? Uh, that I don't know, but he does have range. So he's not. That's not like his thing and then he did they just constantly like recast him for like oh, i'm sorry what's it um what's what i'm looking for when they oh stereo cast i think that's what's called typecast typecasting there you go they didn't like typecast him mm. um so i'm not gonna give him too much shit uh especially the part where like we have a gay black man hose it down a bunch of cops yeah that part was great that was just like all right that's totally worth it <laughs> that was worth it I do think this movie tries to be progressive, like mm-hmm. like with that, and mm-hmm. it definitely was like not really hitting you over the head, like that scene. But mm-hmm. it definitely was like, yeah, fuck the police. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, I I do also kind of like the idea that they're fucking with his head like the whole time. Not Andrew, Andrew McCarthy. Not no like um sorry didn't say the right thing um that we kind of don't know throughout the whole film whether she's real or not until the Mm -hmm. end because you kind of get the idea of like maybe he's just fucking crazy that (laughs) what if what if because because at the end of the movie like she ends up becoming real Mm -hmm. which which, once again they don't explain why or how it happens they're just like boom she's real now Mm -hmm. But what if, like, the movie had a different ending where, like, they do, a f- like, the times where he's, like, with her, when he's with Kim Cattrall, like, when she's not a mannequin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if, like, they do a, a flashback and show every single time that he was actually just with a mannequin, like, <laughs> having sex with a mannequin? <laughs> it's been a really sad movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you made up a great point hmm. the other day. Well, You're like, what happens if, like... He, they're doing this one thing and then she turns into a mannequin suddenly like do you just get you know some this cut off or whatever yeah so say it. so yeah <laughs> this is gonna get pretty crude all right five four three two one okay so let's say they're having sex okay <laughs> 
Andrew McCarthy's character and Kim Cattrall's character, Jonathan Switcher and Amy, Amy, or I'm sorry, Emmy, are having sex. Mm-hmm. She's alive and everything. He's inside her, and then for some reason she turns back to a mannequin. Mm-hmm. Now, does he get his wiener cut off, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like a gaping hole just appears on the mannequin? Mm. You know, or as Kelsey and I discussed, what if they have a baby? Oh yeah, just come out like half human, half mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> What's like there's like, there's like a lot of like logistics part that they don't really answer. Like she's human. Okay, so does she get a social security card? Like that's true. Mm-hmm. Like well, even when they were on the motorcycle and mm-hmm. she was sitting on the back mm-hmm. on the back seat, mm-hmm. she had her arms around him and then she turned into a mannequin. Mm-hmm. Like to me, mannequins are stiff, right? Mm-hmm. So like if like you're not going to get out of that but mm-hmm. when when she was the mannequin on the motorcycle like her arms were kind of like moving around like um mm-hmm. they're not very sturdy or secure so i was like that's yeah. not realistic to well, me like, even though it's a mannequin that's not realistic oh my god <laughs> <laughs> a mannequin coming to life totally with it not gripping a person while on the motorcycle I draw the line right exactly. there. Exactly. I did notice, though, where... I did notice that... You, you noticed uh, how fucking weird this movie is? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's weird. Um, but no, like, one part in particular... Oh, to go what you said about, like, holding... Um, holding on to him while she's on, on the motorcycle. Yeah, there were parts where you can see the mannequin like actually holding on to his lower body. So it, it made sense that that would happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm just picturing like at one point because at one point the, the motorcycle goes off the ground, like uh-huh. kind of goes on the on the ramp. If like if the if if Emmy 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 raises her hand at that moment and someone sees her, she's like ah, and then falls off and breaks. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I like the fact that she's real on the motorcycle sometimes, like, mm-hmm. if nobody can see her at all. No one's in the buildings. No one's, you know, on the street. I had that thought when they were they were chasing her down where um, uh, Felix and Richard, uh, Felix, played by J.W. Bailey, and Richard, who plays uh, Kelsey's favorite actor, James Spader. Um, Fuck, I forgot he was in this movie already. <laughs> yeah, like, when they're, when they're chasing her, when they're chasing uh, Jonathan and Emmy, um, like whenever like they get around the corner and the car's not there, like the two aren't chasing them or they're not seen chasing them, mm-hmm. like she's real. And then when when the car follows them, she's not real. Mm-hmm. And then like it keeps going back and forth, right? Okay, so I'm just picturing because they're going through the street. They're going to like I forgot what's I think they're supposed to be in, like in Chicago or like Philadelphia or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say for the sake of this argument, Philadelphia. They're going to the streets of Philadelphia, right? It's at night, so they kind of, like, worked around it. We're like, well, not a lot of people are out at night. Mm-hmm. All right. What if they, like, are driving down the street, and there's a person, and then not a person, and then a person, and then not a person. And then it's just constantly just like, human, not human, human, not human. Like, it's kind of going back and forth. <laughs> oh, it's like that um, that game I used to play as a kid. Which one? Quiet as a Mouse, Still as a Rock. You ever play that? Uh, I didn't play it, but I know, I know of the game. Yeah. It would be like that. Where, like, the person turns, and you can move however you want, mm-hmm. but if they catch you, then you're oh, out. Oh, like red light, green light? Kind of like that. Yeah. But the person walks around, and you're like, they have to try to make you laugh or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one person who I did like in this movie, and it's always great to see her, is um, Estella Getty. 
because um, she plays Sophia from the Golden Girls. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Because I'm so used to her as Sophia, the Golden Girl, with like the the thick, like the bottleneck glasses, the the white hair, like the old lady clothes and everything. That when I see her, I'm like, holy shit, that's that's Sophia from the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, her character is so forgiving of jo- of Jonathan and his his antics. Mm-hmm. Like I completely forgot the part where she says that she's got everything on on video, mm-hmm. and he's like. Well, what did you see? And he's got this level of like, oh, I'm like, fuck. did he? Did she see me fuck a mannequin? <laughs> and she's like, only that I needed to see. Wink. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like, I wonder, was she? Did he have sex with her as a mannequin or as a person? Because technically, mm. she would see her as, as fake. Well, like, like, you know, either she knew that the, the girl was real uh-huh. and didn't say anything to anyone, or she knew it was fake at the time because she can't see it as real, so, and he's just a fucking weirdo. So you're, are you saying that, like, she saw, she was, like, watching it as it happened, or? Well, even if it's recorded, I would think that uh-huh. whatever being or however the magic worked, that mm-hmm. would be considered... Oh, viewing. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. Yeah. So I'm like, which way did she see her? Or like, or like, that's like a huge plot hole. So then, yeah. Or like, if which way did you see her? And so then, what is your opinion of him, really? Mm. It doesn't matter. His window dressing is like bringing in the big bucks. It's not even his; it's hers. Well, which it's, is funny. It's theirs. Like it's a collaborative effort. Yeah, but the, the thing that's funny to me is he's like, yeah, I can't do window dressing. But mm-hmm. he's a fucking artist who can do everything else. Yeah, he can, like, make a pizza look really delicious or groom some hedges and make it look amazing. Mm-hmm. When it comes to window, dress, window dressing, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> also, so does that mean, like, how, like, how, like, the, the concept of, like, oh, this dude is a, he's a great window dresser. Therefore, he's like keeping this business alive. This window dresser alone is keeping this making pro- the business successful. Successful, like that's what's selling the business. It's not the sales. It's not the clothing. It's not any of the items within the store. It's the window dressing. <laughs> that's what's bringing everybody in. Mm. Which is, and that's the thing. It's like not even like a series of one. It's like one window. One dis- it's one fucking display. Yeah, and then they had one scene where they were like, oh, we're drawing a, cloud, a crowd. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of is like when um, people would post pictures of like Trump's rallies and shit. Mm. And they're like, oh, it's so full. It's the fullest. Oh, uh, and all you and, do is move the camera a little bit to the right. And it wasn't that full. Yeah. Like, it's like that in this movie, but it's like. You could tell they use like twenty people. Yeah, <laughs> they like, did, oh, this big crowd. Yeah, they yeah the camera tricks would be like, oh no, they got hundreds of people mm-hmm. in the, uh, on that one corner. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, because this movie can be problematic at times. Like one, they 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 villainize a questionable gay individual with James Spader's uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly. Uh, the Felix character doesn't give a fuck about the dog. 
his mm-hmm. dog Rambo. Yeah. Uh, like, what happened to the dog? Also, what? Yeah, what the fuck happened to the dog? I wonder if there's trivia. I, I honestly. There's a ton of trivia. Uh, but about I, the dog? <laughs> no, the mannequin. I but, really think that there's got to be trivia that's like, oh yeah, the dog passed in the middle of filming, so they had to bring another dog in or something or maybe like like they wrote it into the script or maybe like in the script like there there was like a cut scene where rambo is put down (laughs) for biting somebody (laughs) um i'm trying to see if i can find something real quick on that yeah so um i really didn't like that that one guard oh the fearless guard i didn't like him at all and also the fact I'm always amazed, but this movie did it even more blatantly where someone who's supposed to be mildly intelligent hires mm. someone who's a fucking idiot yeah. to do their dirty work. So you're saying take advantage of slow people? No, just taking advantage of people that suck at everything. I can see that. I can see that. The kids agree. And <laughs> they're like, yeah, people suck. <laughs> Um, God, this movie is so fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm. Do you think people should watch it? No. No? No, because if... <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I'm of two minds. I don't... I, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. Here's... Okay. I want to show it to the kids. I feel like... I, I honestly feel like Cameron would just constantly be saying, What? What? Why are they doing this? Where are they going? Why is she fake now? Yeah, and Kane's just be. Kane's has. She'd he, be enthralled. She would be enthralled. Did you like it? Yeah. Do you know why? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What's What's even What's even more bonkers is that. Um, and Leia would probably walk away from it. I feel like Leia would actually want to watch it because it's just so fucking weird. Mm. Um. What what makes this movie the most interesting thing in the world is the fact that there was Mannequin, and the movie was such a, such a success that studios were like, "Let's make Mannequin 2. Let's do. And you know what's funny? The reason why Mannequin Two of what and what happens with the Mannequin Girl it makes complete sense. Sense. Well, well why she why the girl becomes a mannequin? Mm. But not in the first one. Not in the first one, no. There's no explanation whatsoever. (laughs) And now we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of Amy Heckerling's Clueless. So, okay. Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like, when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that like did not RSVP. So I was like totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and like people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was like the more the merrier. And so if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups. Oh, well, this is a really good school. I just want to say that... I started humming the song from Mannequin. 
um, whose artist I cannot remember their name. Uh, did not realize I was humming it until Kelsey started dancing to it, <laughs> and I stopped. <laughs> anyway, this film came out in 1995. The synopsis is. Shallow, rich, and socially successful Cher is at the top of her Beverly Hills High School's pecking scale. Seeing herself as a matchmaker, Cher first coaxes two teachers into dating each other. Directed and written by Amy Heckling, it stars Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Brittany Murphy, Paul Rudd, and Donald Faison. They didn't have a tagline? Oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get you a tagline. Uh... I'm sure they would have been epic, too. I don't see the tagline. I don't think there is a tagline. I also don't think they did a great job writing that synopsis. Like, at all. Um, if you could find a tagline, please. Yes, I do. I found it. Okay. Um, there are two. Oh, okay, alright. Just uh, Okay, go ahead. Sex, clothes, popularity. Is there a problem here? <laughs> the other one is sex, clothes, popularity. Whatever. Out of those two, which is better? The second one. Whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the is there a problem sounds kind of like dickish. Yeah, it does. Uh, so Clueless. Uh, I was part of that crowd who got into, into the Clueless movie. I think I was in theaters. You did? I think I was in the... Th- I think I saw it in theaters. Th- this is at a time... All right. Today's media, you can just grab a remote and watch thousands upon thousands upon thousands of movies right where at this time in 95 if you want to watch the movie you got to go to the theater to check it out mm-hmm. or if you had like hbo pay-per-view or wait or nine months for it to come out exactly right so clueless came out i went to go see it right i just i checked it out i remember i remember digging the movie but as time went on, I got annoyed by it because everybody was doing the like the as if or whatever, like all that kind mm-hmm. of shit, right? And it, I'm it, surprised it, they didn't have talk to the hand. Oh, I know, right? Um, but it is like it's like that Austin Powers thing, the yeah baby, and like you know, it's, it was just overdone. It was overdone. It was overdone and cliche. Yeah, um, but I have seen this movie multiple times. Um, one of the reasons because of Stacey Dash and Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, no one gives a fuck about what I think. The most important thing is, what does Kelsey think? Um, I like the movie. Mm. But I don't love it. I noticed that you were kind of like, meh, while watching it. I was watching it, and I was like, this is so much less fun than Mannequin. I totally agree with you. <laughs> Well, I was watching, I was like, damn, Malachi was actually kind of fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you regret your choice? Nope. Still don't regret it. Nope. <laughs> nope. I, I don't think this movie's bad. Okay. Um, I like the idea that, like, that's why I think the synopsis is bad. Because it says shallow, rich, and socially successful. Mm. Um, she's, like, at the top of her school. Mm-hmm. She sees herself as a matchmaker. She okay. doesn't really. She's well. There's like there's that one part. I mean, there's that one plot in the movie, but it's not like a. But it's that part defi- of a bigger plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, where she's like, I want to do something good, but her something good is, let me play matchmaker. Mm-hmm. And then it's, 
let me change this person's life for the better. Mm. For what I, I feel is the better. Yeah. And she does kind of learn that what she wants isn't exactly what's best mm. for other people. Mm. Um, so I, at least it's not like she's shallow and she sucks. Yeah. Um, that, doesn't, she, that doesn't work well for a, syn- a synopsis. No. Um, <laughs> it's more like she's learning from things. Mm-hmm. And she she is intelligent. She just doesn't apply herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I kind of like that. I think the pacing's kind of off a uh, little how, bit. How do you mean? Um, like there are times where it's like okay, like let's move on to something else mm-hmm. because they're kind of just standing around talking. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with that um, in terms of the pacing. Uh, it seems like. It, okay so to me like the first 15 minutes are like annoying right because i don't know it's like oh because of the bad driving well it's not because of the bad driving i guess it's because okay here it is the movie's too it's the movie's so fucking white it is incredibly white oh yeah i noticed that too yeah like the first 15 minutes and it's funny because like i'm originally from la obviously i'm not from beverly hills but i'm originally from la and seeing these people like drive around it's like these people are in their fucking bubble and i know that's the point Mm -hmm. but the first 15 minutes they like hit you over the head with it Mm -hmm. you know that these people are in a bubble and they're like you know it, it can be very annoying in the first 10 or 15 minutes but after that the to me after the the movie the movie's good. Like it gets good. Um, I'm not a. I'm not one of those people who like remember this movie fondly. I just remember watching it and, and enjoying it. Um, but like, I do like how. Like one of the things I like about this is that it it kind of actually gets like the whole click thing mm-hmm. um, within high school. Like there's that part where she's like going over like, oh, these are like the TV production people. These are like the skaters these are like the theater people and all that kind of stuff right Mm -hmm. which to me i'm always a sucker for like high school high school movies that are done in a serious tone but in a comedic way this works for me Mm -hmm. um and so that's why it doesn't bother me as much um i think mainly because like donald Faison and like stacy das character gets more and more involved in the story Mm -hmm. um and paul rudd's like comedy it like because like the movie mainly follows alicia silverstone right and she's kind of she's she's smart but her personality is like uh like and also carefree like she's like yeah i have no cares no yeah and, and i think that's that's the thing that bothers me so much especially re-watching it it's like oh they're so fucking carefree right it's mm-hmm. <laughs> even though the movie is supposed to do that to me i'm like it's not realistic <laughs> But it is. That's the thing. It is. And, and there are times where, like, okay, it's like. It's realistically out of touch with reality. There you go. That's it. That's it. And there are parts, <laughs> there are parts of the movie where it can be realistic. Like the part where Cher gets robbed. Right? Very realistic. Right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like, the, it's kind of like the whole Barbie thing. You know, here's, here's this world, here's that world, and everything like that. Um, so... Yeah, just. It's I, funny. I, I, I haven't seen Paul Rudd with baby fat on his face, so I was oh, like, yeah, I couldn't tell because I was like, his eyes are light like Paul Rudd's, but 
That's not. That can't be him. That's probably. I'm probably getting it confused again. With Paul Rudd, right? Yes, yeah, so I confused Paul Rudd with Paul Rudd yeah, again. You that's, know, it's a Stanley Tucci thing again. <laughs> that, that thing's never gonna get old. The Stanley Tucci effect. <laughs> that's what we're gonna call it. <laughs> that's it. The Stanley Tucci effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, anybody, any performance that you that you caught that caught your eye? Brittany Murray. I mean, Brittany Murphy? Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. I don't know what it is about her, but she's like... Maybe it's partially because of her eyes, but she mm-hmm. like... Is, she brings warmness to the movie. And she's like kind of funny and like the most likable person to me mm-hmm. out of everyone in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's like, I don't know what it is, but I... Her acting's not really that bad. Like, mm. it's I don't know. I just like that character. I I second that. I do like like whenever Brittany Murphy comes on sh- on screen, mm-hmm. I do enjoy seeing her. Like she's like when they first introduce her in the movie, she's one. She's very realistic. She has like a Jersey accent for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because she came out of town. Like she uh, moved. She moved schools, so she was like. So she has to have like a. A foreign accent. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes it even better. Um, yeah, but there's like a level of like sweet innocence mm-hmm. about the character, even when she's like, even even like when she kind of has uh, when power kind of goes to her head, mm-hmm. it's still like, oh, like it's going to your head, but that's okay. You're gonna learn from it. You're gonna learn from it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. Good girl. And then she did. And then she did. Um, even though. <laughs> Okay, even though I just went on a rant about how this movie is too carefree, I could not help but just be just enthralled with Alicia Silverstone's performance. Really? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's like teenage Mark who's still like like Gaga for her or something like that. But like it's how we're mentioned. Brittany Murphy is like sweet to me. Alicia Silverstone is even. Like, I don't want to say sweeter, mm-hmm. but like, like you just want to pat her on the head or just squeeze her cheeks and be like, oh, you, 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 you stupid. You're so cute. You know what's funny? I just thought about this too. Hmm. My teen movie that I loved was mm-hmm. Drive Me Crazy. Is that the name of the movie? Mm-hmm. Drive Me Crazy. It has um, Melissa Joan Hart and the one guy who played Entourage. I think I remember. And, and it had the Britney Spears song was like the theme song of the movie. Which Britney Spears song? Drive Me Crazy. Oh. Drive Me Crazy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that movie probably would have also been a good GSC for this. Nope. 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 <laughs> Do you hate that movie? I don't hate that movie. I just say nope. <laughs> yeah. I like that movie. Well, I liked it back then. Mm-hmm. I'm very certain I'd hate it now. That that we should have picked it. <laughs> um, all right. So directing, uh, Amy Heckerling. What's your what's your what's your? She did an okay job. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't love it. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of middle of the road. Um, I kind of think it's weird how long they drew out the whole 
stepbrother stepsister falling in love thing because mm-hmm. they kind of almost make it like a back seat thing mm-hmm. until the end like it, it kind of doesn't really it's not as like, like prominent a, as it should like be. the seeds weren't planted earlier enough yeah i can see that i actually don't mind i thought i thought i thought um amy heckler amy heckerling's uh directing especially writing i think it worked really well because this is based off of jane Eyre novel emma um i've never read the novel but like i i've gotten like the cliff notes of it and everything like that so i think she kind of really captures it um captures it sorry the spirit of the movie oh sorry spirit of the story and the fact that she's able to take a story that's like um let me find how long this how long the book's been how long the story's been out so they so they did a 2020 version called emma um so the novel emma came out in 1815 um and then how 1815 1815 i know right and the way amy heckerlin heckerlin sorry amy heckerlin how she takes this story and she puts it in contemporary times she puts it in modern times um and still has like the spirit of it. I think that's like a that I like I'm I'm always I always admire when writers and directors they take something that's like oldest time, you know, and, and then they update it. They update it, but they don't make it like updated like crazy updated or make it like too wild or make it make it uh uh like incomparable or anything like that. They're like it makes it work. Like for great here's a great example. This may seem a little too wild, but like I think this calls for it. Um uh, Tromeo, Tromeo, Tromeo and Juliet is a good one though. Um, Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. directed by Baz Luhrmann. Uh, that is a Shakespeare play, hundreds of years old, right? Mm-hmm. And the Baz Luhrmann does an updated version of it, and it's like wild, like how you think the play would be, and turns it into a musical. Mm-hmm. Um. And it doesn't change the dialogue or anything. It has them speak in that very Shakespearean way, but makes it modern. And that's like one of the that's that's a movie I love so much. I've never seen it. Oh, I'm fucking up. It's like yeah. a, a young Leonardo DiCaprio and a, a young Claire Danes. It's a very sweet movie, even though the ending's really sad. <laughs> Don't spoilers. I know, right? I can't oh I'm not gonna spoil that movie. <laughs> but like what I'm getting at is like how the director, how she uses her talent, well, as a director and a writer, to take Emma, put it in modern times, and still makes it makes it a enjoyable movie. At least to me, it was an enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I know you just it worked. just wasn't funny or yeah, it was just kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. But she, even though the, like they were in Beverly Hills. And yeah, you're right. It's a bunch of white people in the beginning. Mm. It wasn't particularly pretentious either to me, mm-hmm. except for that one girl, with the red hair. Oh, uh, oh, her, her name is Elisa Donovan. Donovan. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Amber character. Yeah, that yeah, that character was annoying. Yeah, so yeah, Roman Juliet, fifteen ninety-seven. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann does. A 1996 movie. That's super Wait, wild. that movie... I mean, that movie. That play came out almost 100 years after Columbus found America. 
You mean where he bumped into it and was like, hey, I discovered this son of a bitch. Well, he did discover it. He just wasn't the first one. Gotcha. But yes, you're, you're, you are correct. Mm-hmm. It's so funny how time works. <laughs> Go on. Well, I'm just saying, like, there are certain things that existed at the same time that you're like, no, I thought that died out way earlier than that. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Like, I thought Shakespeare was, like, B.C. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, okay. We did not do any Shakespeare plays in school. Really? Did really. you do anything? Not Shakespeare plays. Wow. We like, didn't do them for English I class mean, or like, anything like, like that. Like, you guys didn't read, like, Hamlet, um, Romeo and Juliet, Miss Summer Night's Dream? Mm-mm. I couldn't what? even tell you what most of them are about. Really? Mm-hmm. Othello, that's another great one. Romeo and Juliet's, like, my favorite, actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe that in Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. Oh. All right. Um, oh, so yeah, writing. What's your, what's, your, what's your take on the writing? I've already went on a rant of why I like the writing. I know the writing's good. I'm, I'm like I said, it does a really good job of making the characters not seem pretentious, so they have every right to seem that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I I'm not the target audience for this movie, so even though I liked it, I can't really ha- give it like good raving reviews. So I'm kind of short with my responses because I kind of mm. don't care. Oh, okay. Like about this movie. You mean you don't care about the the plight of Cher, who's this matchmaker? You know, trying to match these people up and then trying to lose her virginity to a gay guy when she doesn't know he's gay. But ends up losing her virginity to her brother. I mean, stepbrother. I prefer Millionaire Matchmaker. The show Millionaire Matchmaker? Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch that show? Yes, a lot. It's just something something new I learned about you. (laughs) My God. I loved that show. (laughs) We should have done that as a GC. Yeah. So stupid. (laughs) Um, All right, so what what do you think... I'm going to throw a curveball. What do you think of the cultural relevance of this movie? It still applies. I mm-hmm. mean, that part of it holds up mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You have, um, I mean, obviously it's like rich white people, but also like Stacey Dash, mm-hmm. who almost kind of acts like a rich white person. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they... They're just making a lot of money. They make a lot of money and they live in like, they're always shopping and stuff and they Mm. don't really seem to put a lot of thought into Mm. like the reality of things or like how people feel about things or how to do something nice without having, without it just being about you feeling good about yourself. Well, I think Cher kind of gets to get to it eventually to that point. Yeah, she does eventually, but I like, Mm -hmm. I think if she was in my school mm-hmm. like and i would probably talk with her but i don't know that would be like best friends but we'd mm-hmm. be friendly yeah she doesn't come off as like i mean the only the only people that she does come off as like ugh, are like like the skater guys and stuff like that mm-hmm. but then she like she under she's she understands 
them or where they're coming from because of the Brittany Murphy character. Mm-hmm. Um, especially that how, um, what's, what's the character's name? Ty. Brittany Murphy's character is Ty. And then how um, she, she has... Brecken Mayer. Yeah, Brecken Meyer. Um, how Ty... Brittany Murphy's character falls for Travis Brecken Meyer's character, and she's more able to like, okay, I didn't see it, but now I do see it, and it's not about like clicks; it's about just who you connect with. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I saw like Cher's character development and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, even though she she's fallen in love with her stepbrother, but it's okay. Former stepbrother. Former stepbrother. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. It's I'm, a thing that happens. Yeah, especially if you're Paul Rudd. Yeah. I I definitely would. Well, Paul Rudd? If he was my stepbrother, like my <laughs> former stepbrother, and I had to, you know, mm. be in a movie with him, I would, you know, I would fall in love too. Well, is, he's a charming dude. He's oh, not my type, but uh, okay. I would make an exception. <laughs> okay. As <laughs> <laughs> so my ankle cracks. <laughs> Your ankle's like, no! <laughs> All right. Um,. So what do you so do you think this movie still holds up? No. Really? I don't I don't think it holds up. You know, I mm-hmm. I was like 7 when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And it annoyed me mm. forever because mm. I grew up in the 90s and I hated all the fucking clichés. Yeah. So I I just don't care about this movie at all. Like I never connected with it. Okay. Um Aesthetically speaking, it doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. But story-wise, I think it still holds up. Um, you stand uh, stepbrothers, uh, stepbrothers and sisters getting into relationships. Not, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, well, hold up, hold up. First of all, you thought the ending of Tromeo and Juliet was sweet. Yeah, I did, and I'm not saying I disagree with this. Oh, ending. okay. <laughs> I just was making a joke about you know your opinion. Oh yeah, that's my favorite type of porn cat- category. <laughs> Um, no, it's like that's that's the thing. The story the story holds up. I mean, like I said, Emma came out in like an 1850, 1815. Um and so like that if if Amy Heckerlin can take that and make it modern and stuff like that, I think the story still holds up, especially like the fact of especially like the whole high school click kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That thing like that never gets old. Um just the type of groups change. Um, but like kind of like discovering yourself and see understand you're not really the shit kind of like humbling yourself um, and finding ways to help others that's I feel like that's a story that never gets old I don't I feel like I'm, I'm oversimplifying it no but. you're overselling it oh okay um don't sound so mad about it I'm sorry <laughs> stop <laughs> the reason why I think that is like it's a simple story mm-hmm um it's a simple story, and you could choose any of a number of ways to to portray the story. And the fact that it's um, the fact that you like the story and it was written in eighteen fifteen doesn't necessarily mean that this movie is good. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. That's what. That's what I think. I still think it's good. Like, like, it's like you like the idea that it was based on a book that didn't get old more than you like the movie. Well, no. That's it's, how it's sounding. Oh, okay, okay. Well, okay, so to, clar- to clarify what I'm saying, it's the idea that... It's, it's just the idea of the characters and, like, 
the shared character, her art goes through. And even Paul Rudd's character, who was kind of like, not kind of like, he was like this college student who apparently like thought he knew everything and um, was so like serious and shit like that about like his politics and the world and everything that he almost like missed the op- the opportunity that he had something that not necessarily at his level, but something that was like genuinely like beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, as a, a personality, a person who was genuine with what um, what they were doing, you know. Like I know Cher comes off as superficial at the beginning, but as the story progresses, she becomes less superficial, more like deep, like deep, deep down inside, she ends up becoming more of a, a good person, mm-hmm. and the Paul Rudd character like sees that. Mm-hmm. And he kind of he's kind of like oh like she is a genuine person she's not trying to act like you know like that there's that scene where he she's with um where he's talking to some like he's in the when they're in the car within the car with, with his girlfriend with his girlfriend exactly and they're arguing but you can tell like she's just arguing because just she just so she can argue about the politics or whatever they're talking about and he was you can tell even by Paul Rudd's expression in the in the movie. That he was just like done and over with it. That's actually my favorite scene. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because not only are they arguing about something that mm-hmm. he's kind of annoyed with, mm-hmm. she says stuff. She's like misquoting or like mis. Oh, misquoting Hamlet or the source. Some yeah, yeah. whatever it is. She gave the wrong name, mm-hmm. and and Cher speaks up and says, "You mean this person?" Mm-hmm. And he cracked a smile because he's like, "Yeah." Yeah. So like she's obviously more real than the girlfriend that he yeah, had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? No. All right. So that's gonna be our show for this week. We would like to thank everybody for joining us on this week's show. Uh, you can find. Uh, oh, we especially like to thank the folks over at Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, you can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews at UrinEntertainmentCorner.com. Uh, drop us a line. At therealappeal at gmail.com. That's real with two E's. You can find our, our podcast on all podcast catchers or wherever podcasts can be found. And while you are doing that, um, don't be afraid to give us a review. Five stars. Simple. Easy. Gets no, gets us noticed. That's it. Kindergartners get uh, get stars. I know. They get, gold, they get gold stars. Mm-hmm. Give us the gold. We let us or make like, us the gold star of the podcasting world. Neon smiley faces work too. Oh yeah. Okay, I had to remember those <laughs> after my time. Then they were after your time. <laughs> what? I'm just saying that. So uh, join us for next week's show as we are going to be reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, uh, which is what's it? Today's Wednesday, so it's actually in theaters now. With our geriatric cinematic, we are going to be taking a look back at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Kelsey has been looking forward to both of these movies. But especially the GC. The GC. I haven't seen the GC in decades. Yeah. I think it's been at least 20 years since I've seen this movie. Same for me. Um, the, uh, The downfall... Of me being able to watch it more mm-hmm. is, I think Kyle had a bottle full of milk mm-hmm. and he spilled it on the tape and ruined it. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I still have my VHS copy. Do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. 
uh, is streaming currently streaming on Paramount Plus, HBO Max, and is available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube TV, and other VOD services. Uh, the Turpic for that week. You told me to make the Turpic. Green Teen Fighting Machines. You have it, to say it with, with gusto because it has Green it. Tea Fighting Machines. Something like that? Yeah. It almost sounds like green tea. <laughs> <laughs> green tea Fighting Machines. <laughs> you see the bubble guts and just fights its way and that's it. You know what? That does kind of sound right. Green Tea Fighting Machines. machines. <laughs> like, you know, they've got the the hippie people uh, and the government what <laughs> <laughs> makes sense <laughs>